bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only our okay. gang's all here. We love it. The give and throw back. Wilson looking, trying to dodge tacklers. Does so for the moment. Still looking and throwing this way wide open. It's not all on Zach. That's on all of us. So that's complete over the middle and throwing it backwards to Barrios and Barrios across the 40. You know, I just tried to cut back and, and make a play, and, and Griff did a good job just getting open on the other side of the field, and I just found it. Tua throwing this sideline and it's picked to the end zone. Touchdown, Brandon Eccles. Quick slant. Parker, touchdown. This is, you know, really where. You want to set up having a great season next year, which everybody does, and this is where it happens. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Brian Costello joining us later in the show will be the newest WFAN host coming on the midday in January. That would be Brandon Tierney, part of Tiki and Tierney, that montage you heard, courtesy of CBS. You heard a couple Jets. You heard... Coach Sala, as the Jets go down, Kaz, 31-24. They fall to 3-11. and The Jets right now would have the fourth pick. You know, Zach Wilson wasn't terrible today. He had the one fumble, Kaz, where I felt like he held the ball way too long. Should have got rid of that earlier. He had that one, you know, magical play where he ran around in circles and somehow found Ryan Griffin. We had the fun little throw and throw backwards to Braxton Berrios trickery reverse i don't even know what to call that you know music city miracle miami miracle that went for like 20 yards so there were some good things that happened in this game but in the end cause they just couldn't stop the run like i said he held the ball too long protection wasn't great but another terrible second half and uh miami ran away within the end the jets made it interesting but they lose 31 24 he wasn't terrible but he wasn't great either i mean yeah there was a few plays where you're like okay he he made something happen um the play you mentioned where he ran around and found ryan griffin i also thought the scramble for the first down where he ran up the middle was a pretty hard run that was a nice play by him um on the fumble jake they were looking that was a wheel route where barrios was so that's a slow developing play that really wasn't his fault there they've, they've got to hold up that's just a play that's designed to take a while so uh, the offensive line gave up five sacks in the second half um, I didn't think they were all on on Zach. Guys aren't getting open. <clears throat> and part of the problem, Jake, is who he's got out there with him right now. You know, Keelan Cole, as I've said many times. He's a jag. You were right. Jag. <laughs> just a guy. Denzel Mims, I'm not sure if he even qualifies as a jag right now. He he can't do anything. Uh, Jamison Crowder is okay, but he's he's not a lead guy. You know, Braxton Berrios, they're doing some very creative things with Berrios. And, you know, he's very fast, but he's not an elite wide receiver. He's playing with, you know, he, he needs guys who are going to win one-on-one battles against those cornerbacks, and the Dolphins have good cornerbacks. The Jets receivers, as, current, as they currently are, cannot win those battles. And so what happened basically was the Dolphins ran a lot of zone early in the game, which was kind of a surprise, and that's when you see Zach getting the ball out quick. And, okay, the tight end is open in this hole. They, he finds the guy in this hole. He, then they switched to man-to-man, and it was over. 
<laughs> it was a ball game. It was a wrap because the Jets can't win those one-on-one battles against those guys right now, and that's what they need to address this offseason. And Elijah Moore is a guy who can win those one-on-one battles. I think Corey Davis is a guy who can win those, but they're not there right now, and they need more of those guys this offseason, Jake, to give Zach Wilson a chance. And right now it's hard to um, hard to see what he can do because he, he doesn't have a lot around him. Like It's kind of the same old song that we were singing with Sam Darnold. And we're doing it again. Keelan Cole's a jag. Is Denzel Mims a guy? He's an AG. I, I don't know what to call him at this point. I think it may be too early to call him a bust, but as of now, he's been a bust. And he had the cramps today. I don't know what's going on there. He had drops. Well, it's 80 degrees. I mean, I get to, like, you know, it's 80 degrees here. And guys, if you don't hydrate properly, you're going to cramp up here. He just looks lost out there. He needs, he needs a change of scenery, Jake. It's not going to work with the Jets. It's not going to work with this coaching staff. I think he could. I think he still has a good skill set, and maybe he can – do better somewhere else, but I just don't think it's going to happen with the Jets. I think Gilly it's over. Run. That is a hot take, cause so you think the Denzel Mims era this offseason? <laughs> I would already call it an era. He hasn't even <laughs> scored a touchdown as a Jet. Yeah, it's I just over. Think they have to move on. I think they'll try to trade him. Um, I think they'll try to move him. You know, probably I could see him on the second night of the draft, Jake being traded for a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick or something like. You know, I think they're going to try to move him, and and that would be that would make sense. I have a better trade proposal. It's Denzel Mims for opening week next season, 80,000 medium Pepsis. For every fan in the building, we'll get a free medium drink. You hear about that on the Blue Rush podcast. I mean, that is a Jetsian thing for the Giants. That yeah, was a Jetsian thing, yeah. Fan that appreciation. Was, yeah. Here's a soda. No free refills, <laughs> no large, a medium, and not Coke, but Pepsi. I mean, come on now. That is hilarious. What was yeah. your thoughts when you heard about that? Have you I, ever heard I, anything like that? I'm sure I have. I cover the Jets, but uh, yeah, it was Jetsian. It was, and I the the first thought, Jake, which I think a lot of people thought, is I would have loved to be in the meeting where someone goes, "You know what we should do for Fan Appreciation Day? Give them a soda." And then they go, "Well, okay, is it a large soda? No, 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 no. Let's give them a media soda. Is it a souvenir cup?" No, no, just a regular soda. Just give him the soda. Yeah, very Jetsian thing to do. Well, Denzel Mims, that era could be over. The Jets' defense, uh, their era against the run defense should be over. I mean, another rough day against the run. This time it was Duke Johnson, who was a practice squad elevation. Gaskin even had 10 for 54, wish he had more. In my fantasy playoffs, he was sitting there starting. I got every receiver on the bench dominating, and Miles Gaskin scoring five points. But 16 carries was Duke's career best before this, 78 yards of prior career high. Today, he lit it up against this Jets defense. And, uh, Andrew, let's play what Robert Sala has to say about this bad rush defense, which you can't stop anything. It is disappointing. You know, there's uh, a lot of missed tackles uh, in the run game. Um it's clearly not good enough. So, I mean, what else, I guess what else could he say? But it's got to get better. This is bad. And it, well, they weren't even terrible against the pass. Two was struggled through a couple picks. You know, Jet Brandon Eccles had his first interception since junior college. I mean, he had a pick six that made this a tie game and had Jets fans excited down the stretch for once. But once again, they just can't stop the run. Yeah. And this wasn't Alvin Kamara. You know, like when it was Alvin Kamara, you're like, okay, well, that guy's a really good running back. No offense to Duke Johnson, but he hasn't had a great NFL career. I mean, this, I think, was a special game for him, Jake. He's from here, went to the U. This was the first home game for him as a Dolphin. He, the only other game he was elevated, elevated for was the Jets game a month ago in the Meadowlands. So there was a kind of a feel. like They were, they were, they were yelling Duke pretty loud when he, when, he, uh, when he got the ball. I mean, I think he's like a the big, Lucas Duda chance. He's a, he's a big guy in South Florida, but, like, yeah, I mean, the Jets – 
I think they missed Foley Fatakasi, who's on the COVID list. Quinnen is not Quinnen right now with the shoulder. He exited the game early, uh, which I I wonder if he's done for the year after that. Um, so they were missing some things in the middle, but they, they just can't tackle, Jake. The, the tackling is brutal. You know, Ashton Davis, I know he had an interception, but, man, he just cannot tackle. You know, when you have that, it, it's trouble, and teams are going to run on you. And now, like, I mean, the Jaguars are, are clearly a mess, but they've got James Robinson. Like, let's see what he does next week. What does Leonard Fournette do in two weeks against the Jets? But everyone everyone knows how to beat the Jets' defense right now, and it's just running down their throats. You get a first down. You get a touchdown. Well, C.J. Mosley is an anchor of that rush defense. Andrew, let's let's hear what C.J. Mosley, uh, you know, we, we like to hear from him every week because he is the veteran leader who speaks on this team. What did he have to say about that bad rush defense? To start off, you know, um, you know the game, I felt like we was really on, on our P's and Q's as far as the run game, as far as um, just the, the, their scheme and, you know, what we wanted to do with the game. But um, as the game continued, you know, they started to move the ball and, you know, started to execute better than we did. And um, at the end of the day, that's what it came down to, um, you know, missed tackles. You know, I, I know I had a few in there, um, them, they, the, the guys in behind in behind the offensive linemen. So whether it's scheme, you know, whether it's, you know, making sure we've been in the right spots, knowing knowing where we need to be in our defenses with the type of runs that we're getting, um, that you know, that's all going to take time. But, you know, it's, it's definitely um, frustrating, you know, coming off, the, coming off the field. And I popped up and looked and I tried to see how many rushing yards they had. So, I mean, it was – you know, it felt like we was you know, running well and, you know, making plays. You know, everybody's trying to, you know, play hard. But, um, you know, right right now, you know, the, the run game is, is, is what's getting us. So, you know, we just got to just gotta keep trying to figure it out. You know, it's just because, you know, it's keep happening. It doesn't mean we can't stop and can't, you know, keep trying to get better at it. And here's the problem when it happens repetitively, Kaz. It affects everything across the board. It affects time of possession, which was 34 minutes to 25. It affects, you know, the offense – you know, staying on the sidelines and not being, they have no continuity and rhythm. It affects the defense getting tired as a unit. It just, it's really a trickling effect when your rush defense is this bad and bad running back and guys you never heard of keep doing well. And that's something that this team's got to address in the off season. Well, they'll get Lawson back, but they got to get an influx of linebackers. We know they need secondary, but they got to get linebackers and guys in the front seven and even Salah, I think there's times they got to be more aggressive, maybe stack the box, and that'll help when you have better quarterbacks to stack the box. So obviously that's something we you know, that'll happen next season because um, it, it's really a trickle effect and it's killing this team across the board. And maybe that's the reason we're seeing these second-half struggles and Zach really not getting in a rhythm uh, late in these games. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, there was the, there was what was the game? Was it the Eagles game where they controlled the whole third quarter? But the Jets get the ball. They they've got to do more in the second half than punt, punt, fumble, punt, punt, turnover on downs. You got you have to do more than that. It's it works the other way too, Jake. The offense could help the defense out by giving them a little bit of a break instead of going three and out and having having to come back on the field when it's eighty degrees out there. But you're right. I mean, when you're able to run the ball as an offense, it opens everything up. Because then the play action starts happening, you know. Then the passing lanes are a little easier. Like everything, everything comes off of that. I know it's a passing league now, but football at the end of the day is still, you know, a game built on the run, built on stopping the run and, and being able to run. And the Jets right now are not doing it. It's been stunning to see how bad they've been against the run. Really, you know, Robert saw this is his calling card, right? Defense. So he, he's got to get this thing fixed, and he's got to figure it out. It's not going to happen this year. But they've got to sit down in the offseason and figure out what they need to do to get this run defense to improve. Because really, Jake, the defensive line is supposed to be the strength of this team. And they're not right now. And like you mentioned, the linebackers, 
you know, I thought CJ Mosley's flying around. Quincy Williams has had some good games. He's been quiet a little bit lately, but they've got to figure this out and figure out how to, you know, and their defensive backs have to tackle too, Jay. Like it's the nature of the beast right now. You can say stack the box, but the Dolphins come out there with four receivers. You can't stack the box. Like they, 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 they that's how offenses play now. They spread it out. And they force you to play nickel, and there's defensive backs all over the field. They have to be able to tackle. Well, someone tweeted, I forget who it was, said Ashton Davis is the worst tackler they've ever seen. What's going on with? I mean, he had the pick. He could have had two picks too. That could have been a game changer. That second one, you have to catch that. He had one that was nice, but you got to have two. But someone said he's the worst tackler they've ever seen. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, the only thing uglier that Ashton Davis is tackling is that sweatshirt, Jake. That's oh, come on. <laughs> it was a big hit at the Garden on Friday. Everyone was, was Can asking Can we describe the, the sweatshirt you're wearing to the, to well, the listeners here? Well, yes. I did post it to my Instagram and Twitter the other day. It is a ramen noodle sweatshirt. Um, I'm going to show you now because maybe, you know, a few drinks in Friday, at, you know, in a Ranger game. And I ended up ordering a few variations of uh, this sweatshirt. Wait, so, say that again? A few variations. So you wore I also, more than one of those sweatshirts? Well, not the same one. I thought someone I also, gave it to you. I, I also got this beef one as well. So I, this is the chicken What's flavor. That one? This oh, that's chicken. Oh, you got, oh so, it's a different flavor. Yeah, so I have the beef the, as well. Can I ask you? I need how to much, post a video clip of this. Andrew. How much, this is how a, much we paid for the, the ramen noodle sweatshirts? They, I think it was $24, which is pretty cheap. And then I got this, the original ramen noodle. It's a no. blue this. So we're going to go crazy with the noodles. Three ramen noodle sweatshirts? And then there's one more, but not ramen noodles. This, is, But I think you'll appreciate this one. It is a Flamin' Hot Cheetos sweater. Oh. <laughs> that one, come on. You're on board with the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Come on now. That is a classic. This is food. You know, I, I, there was a lot of compliments. There were some people who were like, well, who the hell is this guy? Does he support ramen? My thought is everyone, when they're broke in college or not broke, eat ramen noodles. And who doesn't? want it so i don't know the colors yes are pretty ugly i don't know i'm a big fan it's not something i could ever see you wearing but i could wear your ramen noodles sweatshirt reminds me of this story jay i am a horrible i cook i cannot cook anything jake i can't so you love ramen i can microwave things well so my wife was sick one time and this is probably back when we were dating i don't think we were married at this point she was sick so i made her ramen noodles i forgot to put the flavor packet in there though. oh no <laughs> ramen without flavor that's kfc without chicken come on oh so, yeah so i even screwed up ramen noodles yeah Ugh. but see there's everyone's got the ramen story so everyone appreciates yeah. it no, you know, yeah no yeah i'm not I have no problem with the product i have a little bit of a product with you walking around as a billboard for ramen noodles well like, it's funny because i have like five six normal people a couple cute girls comment as well and then I had like a couple homeless guys that, that commented as I'm walking through Penn Station. And then I just ran. And uh, then I was like, maybe I should change uh, hoodies. But now I just order more. So, yes, the bizarre. Fa- Listen, I wore that Rose Hearts Knows the Rose shirt thrift shop, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air jersey. I've just been getting funky things. It's been a weird time. I'm just trying to spice up life a little bit during these COVID times. And, and do COVID we think this is going to help with the quest for a wife, Jake? Uh, that's the question the right one will appreciate it it kind of does i mean friday i was you know people were i guess it's a conversation point right it's definitely a conversation starter listen my section i was the fourth strangest dressed person at the rangers game listen to this the there was a send nudes jersey number 69 that guy got thrown out he came back in 
It was a Blumpkin jersey. If, if you don't know what that is, look, nah. don't look it up. Uh, yeah, don't uh, look it up. And behind me, there was a the pin man from City Field. So, and then me and ramen noodles. So apparently, that section was the weirdest people in the building. And I guess I was one of them. Anyways, this is what we talk about when the Jets are three and eleven, folks, and they get the the toilet bowl next week. We'll preview that doozy. I mean, it's actually a big game for the draft. How does it work? So Jaguars oh, I have to look lose. At they so if the now. Jets win, they can pass the Jaguars because that would be head-to-head. No, no, no. Um, head-to-head has nothing to do with the draft, Jake. Oh, It's really? all about okay. strength of schedule. Gotcha. So Jacksonville is right now 2-12. and 12, so Notice how Kaz has this bookmarked immediately. <laughs> yes. So if the Jets lose and they're both 3-12, and 12, uh, the Jets right now have an easier strength of schedule. So that they would be above the Jaguars. So the theory is, if you have the same record and you played an easier schedule, you deserve the better draft pick because you sucked against worse competition. Get it? So I don't. I mean, the strength of schedule can change, but I don't think it changes much, Jake. The Texans have an easier strength of schedule than the Jets. They would lose a tiebreaker to the Texans, who are right now three and eleven. Detroit is two eleven and one. Detroit's two eleven and one. But so if, if Detroit Jets, wins one more and the Jets lose out, say Houston loses one, Detroit loses one. Jets lose out. Do the Jets get the first pick? Yes, I think they would. Yes. I think they would. Yes. All right. There it is. So the Jets need to lose. I mean, they're going to lose to Tampa. You know they're going to beat the Jaguars, though. You know they're going to beat them and and just ruin your little scenario. Well, I don't even know. I mean, I haven't followed – I haven't followed college enough to even know who they would get with the number one pick, but I I know – So there's two really good pass rushers at the top. There's two. So if you get in the one and two, you can get one of the good ones. If you're third – you're out of luck, you know, and there's not a good, really good quarterback in this draft. So chances are these two guys are going to go to the top. There's a kid Hutchinson from Michigan and Thibodeau, not to be used with the Knicks coach from Oregon. And chances are those guys are going to be gone if you're picking third. Well, the Lions remaining games, they face the Falcons, Seahawks, Packers. Yeah, I mean, the Lions, maybe they they win one of those. And then the Texans play the Chargers, Niners, Titans. So they're pretty much screwed and going to lose out. So we'll preview uh, the remaining we'll teams. Plenty of time to talk about shows. the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today it was a tale of two halves. The Jets had their first lead at the half this season. And then they crapped the bed in the second half and did nothing. And do we have any update? On uh, Elijah Riley, scary injury. The backboard and stretcher came yeah, out. He gave the scary. thumbs up, but do we have any update there? Yeah, he was flying home with the team. Um, Robert Sala said he checked out fine. That was the quote. So, yeah, I think he's okay, And uh, but it was scary. I mean, I was in the end zone, Jake. The press box in Miami's in the end zone looking down the field, and that was that long gain by Duke Johnson. I think it was a screen pass. And all of a sudden, I just saw a guy laying on the field with his arms like out like a he was like a cross like and not moving and i couldn't see who it was at first but it was like you could just see he wasn't moving i thought he was unconscious uh very scary took a long time to get him off the field which tells you how sensitive it was all the players are kneeling and praying so yeah just similar to the scene the other night in the chiefs chargers game you know where they had that uh, a guy carted off so reminds you and i don't know how these guys go out and keep playing jake you know, because it just reminds you how scary the sport is sometimes. So, and I thought the Jets, I thought the defense was a little affected afterwards. They they looked like they had a tough time just kind of snapping back into it. Bryce Hall, who has been a key member of this Jets defense, had a few comments to say on the injury. Andrew, let's cue that up. Yeah, that was tough. Um, he's a warrior, and one of the things you know that we know we're going to get out of him is he's going to go 100 miles per hour, full speed. And so that was tough to see our brother go down like that. Um, 
but you know, I just got word. You know, they told us he's going to be all right. He's doing well, and so I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him, and I'm wishing him the best. And yeah, Bryce Hall, good words there. And we're going to need to see some more around Bryce Hall for sure when it comes to the secondary. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's the Eccles gets a game ball for me. His pick six. Mike LaFleur gets a game ball for I need to see an, uh, again that play. I need to see them draw it up, throw it to Barrios, whatever that what whatever the you reverse. Can't run it again, it. Jake. Yeah, well, they had two revert. They had the cool. They had the reverse sack. Yeah, well, you could do it. I mean, worst case, it doesn't work. I mean, the season's over anyway. You might as well just have some fun for the fans. Um, so there you go. All right, Brandon Tierney of WFN is going to join us next on Gangs All Here. All righty, joining us now on Gangs All Here is a friend of the program, a Jets fan, radio personality you catch on CBS Sports Radio, but starting January 3rd, the start of the new year, he's part of a new lineup. And, of course, WFAN Tiki and Tierney is moving to 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. middays on the fan. Brandon Tierney joins me right now on the show. BT, welcome back to the program, and congrats on the new opportunity. I appreciate that, Jake. Good to be back and uh, fired up, man. It's, it seems like it's months away. Is it January? See, it's crazy because I don't I don't want to just fly by the holidays. Like, I don't want to just wish January 3rd to get here because I want to enjoy the holidays. But, man, I wish I was going on the air tomorrow, dude. We're, we're pumped up. We're really excited. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the trifecta. You do ESPN Radio New York, you go national, and then you come back to the famous fan, and then you, you know, you're replacing Joe and Evan's spot from back in the day. Um, so I imagine you being a local guy too. Now, you know, the focus shifts to the New York scene, and I feel like you love that, you know, versus, you know, you got to talk about, you know, what happened between Iowa and Florida State on a Saturday or, or a meaningless college game. Now you're locked into the New York scene. And I hope I see you out at, you know, the garden. I mean, you see me, I'm always at these games. I hope you're out there and, and with the fans and, uh, you're one of us now. Uh, oh, there's no, I, first of all, thank you. And yes, and I've always felt as if I'm one of, one of you guys, you know, I've always been uh, somebody who, you know, who's who's been lucky enough to uh, to pursue this this crazy profession, have a microphone, and and really represent the people. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I'm I'm no different than anybody else. I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching, and I'm like, okay, what do we need? What's wrong? What's going on? What the hell just happened? And it's it, you know, you don't you don't always know where the uh, where the where the journey's going to take you. It's funny you said the trifecta full circle but first of all you never know that you're going to be on stand even though that's the the beginning you know the start of the dream uh, at the start of the journey but then you just kind of get immersed in your career and i hear you the iowa state the meaningless bowl games or whatever it was i i wouldn't change it you know i i that probably sounds a little contrived like uh you know like like i'm supposed to say that but it's the truth man every step i took has been you know a real uh uh, first of all, a real blessing, but really just uh, a chance to get better. And, you know, hopefully as I hit this stage, a stage that I've always wanted, uh, I'm raring to go and I'm ready. And and listen, now the onus is on me. You know, back in the day when I was on ESPN, I was at the Garden all the time and I had Donnie Walsh on all the time. And this is how long ago it is. Like it was Donnie Walsh, Mike Tannenbaum, who was on my show quite a bit, uh, doing SNY, The Wheelhouse. I mean, it's a Omar Mania. Like, it, it's just, it's 11 years, basically. So, uh, even through all this time, the first thing I do, I joke to my friends, the first thing I, I still do, even before I knew FAN was a, was an, was a possibility, I, I wake up and I read the post. I jump online, I get my local fix, even though I know I'm obviously doing national, 
as I have for the last decade or so. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know where I was born, you know where I was raised, you know what's closest to my heart, and it's time to go get some. Yeah, well, there's the shameless plug. You are listening to the Gangs All Here, New York Post podcast. Jake Brown here. Andrew Hart, my associate producer, is here with me as Kaz is doing his stories. He will. He, you heard him on the other half of the show. Here's my only worry, BT, is the your call screeners are going to have to do an incredible job when it comes to the Tiki discussion, because I love Tiki. Why? What do you mean? Well, you know, there are some Giants fans who do not like Tiki. I mean, from the from what he said, the Eli thing, I love him. You know, I've, I've talked with him, had him on. My only worry is the crazy WFAN callers. You know them well, and you're going to have to have great producers on hand. Well, I mean, first of all, you got to remember this. There's no caller that dictates the flow of the show. I mean, yeah, there's going to be people who, 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 who and by the way, not just with Tiki stuff, with me, who get in and, and, and turn the conversation sideways. And, you know, as the guy who's driving the show, it, it's up to me to make sure I navigate that. And usually that ends in click, <laughs> as if you're done and the conversation's over. But listen, it's funny you bring up the Tiki stuff, because now you got to remember, when, when he said what he said, okay, first of all, he wasn't wrong. At the time that he said it, he was a thousand percent right. And I was saying the same thing on ESPN, as was Stephen A, as was Michael K, as was, as was Francesa, as was Beningo, as was everybody that had a prominent microphone spot at that point in Eli Manning's career. We weren't sure about Eli and we weren't sure about Tom Coughlin. So we could sit here and we could revise history and we could make it seem like we were all right. No, I was wrong. If Tiki's, if, listen, if Tiki's guilty of anything, and he doesn't need, need me to defend him, but since you bring it up, I'm, I'm obviously going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to knock it around. The, the bottom line is this. He's only guilty of bad timing. He was not, he, he was, it was not like this ridiculously reckless cavalier take. Now, I think it was communicated in a way that he didn't necessarily need it to come out. Uh, I don't think it was meant to be, like as as a full diss, as this like flipping, you know, backhand. I know it wasn't because that's just not Tiki's heart. He's just really one of the good guys. He's a good, he's a good dude, man. And New York's about to find that out again. So if you got an issue, call us eight seven seven three three seven. First time I'm saying it now. Sixty six sixty six. Call us. Air your grievances. We'll get this out of the way the first week of the show. Let's transition over to the Jets here. Where are you on Zach Wilson's progression? Sunday, he at times he looks good. He at times he took way too long in the pocket, like when the fumble happened. You know, obviously the offensive line at times broke down on him. Receivers are dropping balls. Denzel Mims is looking like a bust. Where are you on the Zach Wilson progression train right now? What have I seen from Zach Wilson the last couple of games? Well, I've seen a lot of inefficiency in terms of a completion percentage. Unlike the last game, I saw some progression in the screen passes. Trust me, I'm not going nuts on screen passes, but we needed to see that he could at least throw a screen pass, and he did. And then as the game went deeper, you realize we suck, and we have nothing, and we have no matchups that we can win. We have nobody, or I mean, theoretically, that was Mims, but he's obviously lost, that we can say, go win this route, deliver the ball within a three-foot radius, and we're going to commit a 20-yard game. No, Cole's not doing that. Crowder was awful today. The tight end showed up. So in a roundabout, long-winded way, of course I'm never going to coronate, you know, Zach as the – I don't know. Uh, we, we've got a long way to go. 
but I do like his moxie. You saw the off-platform stuff today when he, when he tucked it and ran a little bit. He showed a little progression in the easier throws, and the Jets had a plan today. They had a purpose today. They just lost to a better team. If, you, if the season ended today, do you go into the offseason thinking, we have the quarterback if we put the pieces around him to you know potentially, in the maybe not next year, but maybe two years, be in contention? Have you seen enough, or like are you going to be intently watching these last three games to see some more from him? Well, listen, even if he was horrendous, like if there was a stark regression, multiple picks, multiple turnovers, uh, Aaron screen pass, like if it was really bad, uh, he's still the quarterback week one next year no matter what. So, listen, I look at this team and I say to myself, and I just mentioned Carter, Moore, and Tucker. I mean, those are three guys that they should be 10-year Jets. Minimal, I mean, well, that's a little bit ambitious for the running back, but you know what I mean. With Tucker and Moore, 10-year Jets. And then Carter, you squeeze whatever you can out of them, and then you do what you do with running backs, right? So now you look, okay, so where are our other assets? Well, I tell you what, there's a couple of quarterbacks that can play. Bryce Hall can play a little bit. He can play. You know, he knows how to locate the ball. He, now I think he's more of a slot or two. Than he's, I, don't, I don't view him as a stud one, a shutdown guy, but he's a starter, right? And then you say, well, the other assets are what? Two top ten picks. Okay, what do you do? You get a pass rusher, you get a corner, probably Stingley from LSU, and now, you know, obviously Lawson comes back next year, and you have the makings of of a defense. And, you know, and now you have some free agent money. And, you know, next year, Corey Davis is healthy. And, you know, the return game looks pretty good with Berrios. And maybe you stumbled upon a kicker with Pinheiro uh, these last couple of weeks. I Listen, I get it, guys. It's small victories. It's small, modest gains. But I, I can't. I can't emphasize enough, I would be very dispirited today, like games with Gase, where if they came out today and the first drive, three and out, they get the ball, 79 yards down our throat, seven zip, pick, touchdown, 14 zip. Like they came out and they controlled it. And, and they really did. And they controlled it with a dearth of talent. So that tells me that LaFleur has grown incredibly. And I want to throw something else at you because – Mike White had this, and Flacco uh, and Flacco had this. You know, I'm not saying that they'd be radically better, but I'm pretty sure if Lafleur was up in the booth for Wilson's first four games, the numbers are a little bit better. You just—I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. The feel of the game, the flow, identifying soft spots, identifying tendencies—you can't see. I mean, what is Lafleur five ten? I mean, how can you really, even if he's six two, how can you see over these behemoths? And look on a field when you're on the field and really have the best vantage point. You can't. So it was ridiculous that he was down there, but he was down there because his quarterback coach fatally was killed. I mean, so these are all things that, you know, you, you, you have to incorporate into the evaluation process. And I know we all want Mahomes from two years ago, draft a kid, unleash him, weapons everywhere. Well, where's Tyreek? Where's Tyreek Hill? Where's Kelsey? You know, where are these guys? Well, you have more. Okay. Now the other thing you need to do is get, and I know the tight ends played well today, but you got a, you got to get a tight end that can run. Get a guy. Zach Wilson will throw 40 yard darts, 50 yard darts down the seam with his eyes shut. Once he learns that he has an extra second to throw when you get Beckton back and you make one more move on the, on the line next year, which they will, 
and guys can actually run and get separation. We know he's got the arm. We know he's got a little he's got a little wiggle in the open field. We know he's got balls. He's like he's not scared. He's not scared at all. Like to me, there's a resiliency with him. And you know, all you, you all you can do is evaluate what you have. Listen, I can tell. Oh yes, I think he's going to be phenomenal. We're going to win two Super Bowls. But I don't. I don't know. But what I do know is at least like the bare minimum tools that are required in the toolbox, not just from the quarterback, but also now from the offensive coordinator and some blossoming young weapons, some of whom were out today. You know what? There, there's a modicum of hope. That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, and on the Lafleur front, I'm going to need to see that you know reverse pass backwards, whatever that was, to Braxton Berrios every week. Uh, that was one of my favorite plays I've ever seen. <laughs> that was absolutely sick. And my son, I'm sitting there watching the game with my six year old son, and then after that, he makes me run like five of the routes in the basement with the with the Nerf ball. He's like, "Oh, we got to do this on our team next year." I'm like, "Colt, I've never seen that in my life. I've been watching football for 38 years. I've never seen it. It was." You know, it was just, it was an attention to detail because number one, you've got to be, you know, innovative enough to conceptually incorporate that into the game plan, number one. But number two, you also have to have the intuition to know when to call it. And that was a third down and I want to say nine, third and eight. It was third in length, whatever. It was definitely third and had some meat on the bone. So not only was the play in the book, but he reached for it at the absolutely perfect time. Now, you know, if you had more out there and you had Beckton and you had Corey Davis, you tell him you're not scoring. I think the team scores 30 points today. I do. But instead you had Keelan Cole, you know, Crowder, who looked like he was invisible, didn't even want to be there. And you had what you had. But yeah, that was that was one of the thickest plays of the year. That was incredible. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I always talk about with Kaz, reverses, flea flickers. I, I love that kind of stuff. Brandon Tierney, he starts on the fan January 3rd, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Tiki and Tierney. Appreciate you coming on, BT. Happy holidays and uh, happy new year and good luck on the fan. And may, maybe I'll call it. You know, I've never called into the fan. I've been a guest. I've never called in. So I'm going to call in one day and I'll have Tiki sing me some Christmas tunes. Hey, listen, you call up. Listen, if you have a bad take, though, just because we're buzzed and when we do the cast, yeah, we're going to zap you. You got to come correct, as I know you will, all right? Uh, hot takes only, BT. Hot takes only. <laughs> Appreciate Happy it. Happy boys. Thanks for having me. What the hell is going on here? All right, that says hasta la vista, baby. It's episode 93, the Marty Lyons, friend of the program edition of Gangs All Here, a Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Andrew Hartz, and the intern Cameron Ezer for helping me produce the show. What were your immediate thoughts as you see the ramen noodle hoodie? Is it as ridiculous as people say, or do you appreciate the random sense of style? See, I would have to lean more towards the random sense of style, just because it's one of those things that it is rather eye-catching. I mean, anyone can wear a t-shirt or wear, you know, a funky hat or some crazy drip, whatever, but... If you're rocking a hoodie like that, you're going to stand out. But, but the one thing I will say, though, is that if I were to ever wear a ramen hoodie like you are, it would have to be a flavor that I enjoy. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a beef person. I'm not a shrimp person. So you, so the chicken one is the way to go in my mind. Yeah, well, this is the chicken. The shrimp was a hot seller. It wasn't coming till January. So I'm going to wait to order that till after the holidays. Maybe I'll get an Amazon gift card for Christmas. Mom, can you send me an Amazon gift card? I'm going to use it to buy a ramen noodle shrimp hoodie. 
Jake, put down the drugs. <laughs> but listen, people respected it. People would walk by. There were people in cars in the streets be like, yo, let me get some ramen. And people would be like, I hear them in the distance. Yo, ramen guy, ramen guy. Listen, I'm, I'm mediocre looking, so I got to put on some kind of show. You're a good looking dude, so you could wear your casual shirt and, and pants and you're fine and, and you're slim. See, when you're the thick tater here. Uh, you you got to dress fly. Anyways, it's the Christmas season, so give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Gangs All Here. We appreciate it. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the toilet bowl. The Jets match up with the Jaguars at MetLife Stadium. It's Zach Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence. Can't wait to preview that one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Peace. Here's a soda.